Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Well, we said it was going to be big and it may just deliver even bigger than we expected. It's very good morning to you and welcome to week two of Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. And it all opens today, nine o'clock. All clubs will converge and they will meet and they'll try and get the process started on how they improve from this year to last. Some of the names floating around are as big as we've ever seen. Add Jason Horn Francis to the mix. We'll get to that. And the man who broke the story is Cow Toomey. He's going to join us off the top very, very shortly. Brody Grundy, Josh Dunkley, Luke Jackson, Isaac Rankin, Rory Lobb, Griffin Logue, Tom Mitchell, Tim Taranto, Jacob Hopper, Ollie Henry, Junior Rioli, and more. We'll take your calls. We'll get your opinions right throughout the morning. The number's one 48 The absolute superstar is alongside of me. The five-time All-Australian goal-kicking wizard is Matthew Lord. L- Lloydo, good morning. Morning, Kane. Yeah, sorry I'm a bit raspy. I went up for a few, one too many LBW appeals on the weekend. I lost my voice a bit. I uh, didn't get any of them, by the way, so it wasn't worth it, losing the voice for it. But uh, no. It uh, should be a great week, I think. And as you just touched on, a lot's happened already and there'll be some surprises as well, I think. I think this the salary dumps and pressure on some AFL clubs with their salary cap. There's also a player or two I think we don't even know about yet. Yeah. So well, tell us about the cricket first. Uh, yeah, we had a good win, Kano, but uh, I uh, went out for 10, so I didn't bat oh, too well. How'd you get out? Uh, spin. I was facing a spinner. Uh, big gap, gap on the lev- leg side. I went just yeah. to turn the bat just to drop one and just get off strike, rotate the strike, turn the bat too early. Leading just, edge. Yeah, popped it straight up. Uh, back to the bowler? Nah, just back to a guy, just, you know, uh, just, okay. just sort of just on the leg side there. And then, Disappointing. Uh, bowled okay, uh, one for 23 off eight overs, so it wasn't oh, too economical. bad. Economical. Yeah, economical, but uh, would have liked. But anyway, we had a tight win, so it was a good weekend. <laughs> Lordo's back. Lordo's <laughs> back in his element playing cricket. Um, what about this story last night? So, We'll speak to Cow Toomey. We may as well start here, Lordo, because whilst there'd been some speculation about Jason Orn Francis and halfway through the year I spoke about him starting to make some noises about leaving North Melbourne, I didn't think it would come to fruition just because first year contracted um, and unlikely that the first pick in the draft would be traded. But Cow Toomey last night went on afl.com.au and since then, North Melbourne have released a statement. They said North Melbourne's been informed by Jason Horn francis management that he's going to seek a trade to South Australia during the trade period. 
Um, and so we'll wait and see how this plays out. They said, Jason is a contracted player for next year. We've invested significantly into him as our first ever number one pick 12 months ago. We view him as a key part of the club's plans going forward. This is Brady Rawlings, the list manager. Currently, we appreciate Jason's circumstances, but at the same time, we're determined to look after the best interests of the North Melbourne Football Club. Now, they've said uh, uh, head home to South Australia, so I've just got some further information mm. behind this, Lord. He's, he's not interested in going to Adelaide, so it's Port Adelaide only. Uh, I can tell you this morning that uh, Chris Davies and Ken Hinckley, Jason Horn francis and his manager, Ben Williams, met uh, last week and met in person. Uh, Port Adelaide were, were really impressed by him and his character, albeit understanding that he had some challenges last year, and we saw that play out with... Um, you know, he's dropped a couple of times. He put his contract talks off hold, had some disciplinary action on field and was suspended. So they understand that. But the prospect for Port Adelaide of getting Jason Horn Francis, Zach Butters and Connor Rosie with Ollie Wines into that midfield uh, is something that clearly they're incredibly excited about pursuing. So met last week, impressed by it. It's only Port Adelaide. He's not interested at all in even looking or speaking to the Adelaide Football Club. Um, North Melbourne clearly are aware of it. Uh, they feel like um, they, Port Adelaide essentially feel like North Melbourne are open to it in a way, albeit those things can change. So that's the information further to what Kautumi reported last night. And it's a big story, Lorda. Kano, there's so much I want to unpack with you, but just a qu- an early question to you. Do you think if the Alistair Clarkson situation uh, didn't happen that he would have stayed or you think this was always going to happen? Well, I don't think it, it helped. I yeah. think, you know, he was making noises about wanting to be traded halfway through the year. Um, so I think this was on regardless. Um, and when, But when you look at it as a whole, he's a highly competitive player. Uh, he clearly got homesick during the year. And at the moment, the mess that North Melbourne are in, I mean, you, you can, we, we can debate and speculate about all of this and the rules around should first-round draft picks have to sign a mandatory mm. three- or four-year contract, which I believe they should. And I don't think it's fair on North Melbourne that a player after one year, especially one like him, can re- request a trade. And I believe the same about you know, players like Tanner Bruin or Jack Gunston in the past when he left after a couple of years. But put yourself in Jason Horn Francis's shoes. They've got no CEO. They've got no recruiters. Their list is an absolute mess. And now the current uncertainty around the coach. And he wants to win. Like, you can tell that. He, he, he reminds me a little bit of Nathan Buckley with his competitiveness. So... You can certainly understand and have some sympathy for his situation, albeit understanding that it's a, a brutal position for North Melbourne to be in. So talk, early talk is uh, pick eight. So uh, Port Adelaide's current pick eight in this year's draft, plus a future first rounder. That's the talk around at the moment of, of what the agreement could be. But I think his greatest worth is now. I can't see Jason playing good football with North Melbourne uh, next year with the, the way we saw him play this year, where he could see his just heart wasn't in it. Uh, uh, and that was partly him, him yep. just being Jason Horn Francis, as maybe he's always been the dominant junior, uh, didn't like to listen, those types of things. So I think his greatest worth will be now. So I can see why North would do it. We'll get some people say, let's hold him, let's hold him. But I think that might be worse off for North having a player who doesn't want to be there. Then they get less for him next year because he's had a, a second poor year. Uh, and then I think also you could look at it that Jason Horn Francis and North would say, Jason could say, what about what you promised me? Yeah, I didn't. I did a few things I got wrong, mm. but you promised me that, okay, David Noble would be the coach. We've got this young group coming together. And then 12 months on, look at all the things that have changed at North Melbourne. So you can understand how North would look at it and say, yeah, let's get him out now. 
and uh, yeah, let's do this deal rather than so, just... So yeah. Your, your, yeah, your opinion would be... So there's two schools of thought yeah. here and there'd be some that would be saying, really interested in, in your thoughts as well, 0419187323. Some would be saying, nah, he, he's contracted mm. under no circumstance, trade him and then we'll worry about it in 12 months. So we'll back ourselves in to get a stable coach in place, turn the footy club around and, and we'll deal with this in 12 months. That would be the one school of thought. Similar, you know... Giants have done it with Bobby Hill and other teams have done it yep. in the past to hold players to their contract. Or there's your thought, and we discussed this, I think, halfway through the year on Footy Classified, is, nah, cash in now. That mm. you're, you're in the ladder, Lord. You think I, I cash am. in now. I, I am because I think that you cut your losses now with, with him. Uh, you know, we've even, you know, Mitchell Smith Scott, who's a producer here at SEN in, in some of the programs, he, he just tweeted there where Jason was liking a tweet where he'd be in a trade, a likely scenario. Zach Butters was part of it and That's him right. going to play. So he's just not there. He just doesn't want to be there. So you just don't hold a player like that. It'd be, it's going to be what a distraction it would be for North Melbourne with Jason being there, just dragging his lip uh, through the whole thing. So I, I think, yeah, take, take the deal now uh, rather than when he's uncontracted in the year's time. So North can say, what's the point of holding... Mm. Because it's just no good for anybody. North, Jason. So, yeah, I just think uh, I'm disappointed, though, because I went through the number one draft picks in the, like 2015. Jacob Wiedering loves the Blues and it'll yep. be a career blue. Andrew McGrath, Bombers. 2017, Cam Rayner. 2018, Sam Walsh. 2019, Matty Rowell. 2020, Eugle Hagen. And now we get to Jason Horn Francis. So, all of them still at their clubs. Mm uh, you know, all moved into states. It's really disappointing for North Kano, but uh, yeah, I think they they have to do the deal. All right, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. You're listening to the early traders for Tire Power. We're here to help you say stay safe on the roads. Three W's Matthew Lord and Kane Corns alongside of you. I think it's the biggest off season moment in Port Adelaide's history. Really, I mean, take it back to the start when when Gavin Wanganeen came back, and and that was huge. But that was the the start of the club and the formation of it. And there were some big recruits and Gav came back to, to captain the club. But in terms of a recruit and the potential that he's got, remember Adelaide last year, Lord, what they offered up prior to Jason Horn Francis being drafted to get him. Yeah. It was, it was unprecedented really the offer that was uh, put in front of North Melbourne. And they said, nah, we're not, we're backing this guy in, you know, the talk of preseason, what he was doing, the generational talent that he is, their most talented player since probably Wayne Carey at North Melbourne. So the blow that it would be to them, but the flip side of that, the, the moment in time for Port Adelaide, if they can pull this off. Now, I don't know. Everyone's going to say, what's it going to cost them? It's going to cost them a lot, isn't it? And I think even what you said there with that pick eight, which Sam Edmonds has tweeted about last night, plus a future first, it's probably going to take something mm. more than that to get him. But I'd be comfortable with it because I just look at the prospect of having him in the midfield with Butters and Rosie for the next t- 10 years is is a significant moment. It's a moment that I think the club needs. It was clearly a, a, a weakness of theirs through that midfield. Uh, the further information as well is that the Jack Graham situation, essentially Jack was made aware of the Jason Horn Francis um, mm. advancements from Port Adelaide. And, and they said, look, we still really would love Jack Graham to come to the club, but clearly all our priorities are, are trying to secure Jason Horn Francis. So that's when he said, okay, well, I may as well just stay at Richmond mm. with the uncertainty around um, what you're doing in this trade period. But, yeah, a massive moment for, for Jason Cripps, Jeff Parker, Chris Davies, Ken Hinckley, if they can pull this off um, and and sort him out in the midfield. Some other names to get through this morning. Uh, we did see last night the Age were reporting that 
the Taranto deal was essentially done um, from uh, GWS to Richmond. So pick 12 and 19, Lordo, and that seems about right to me. Like off the top, I think it's a pretty good deal for, for Richmond and um, now I'm not sure the Giants, what they need and what their strategy will be going forward. But for Richmond to get this sorted out essentially early on in the trade period is a bonus for them. Yeah, it's really good uh, when, when things like this happen. And, and Richmond have got a lot to do. So they need to get this deal done nice and early uh, yeah, with the GWS Giants so they can allow for Jacob Hopper's deal to happen, which might take a little bit longer. So, yeah, 12 and 19 does seem pretty fair. Kane, just back a step. What would have happened if Junkley agreed to go to Port Adelaide? Would that have... Uh, yeah, hurt them well, with the So that just shows how late this has happened. Do you think that uh, they were, if he had gone, what the picks they would have had to use? They would have had to pick use pick eight as well, wouldn't they? On Dunkley? yeah, it would have been impossible almost to get Josh Dunkley. You would think. So I don't know how this has happened, um, and Kautumi may have some more information yeah. about this. So we'll speak to him very very shortly. We'll ask him that. Clearly, it was probably one for twelve months, and I think Adelaide were, were thinking the same. It's unlikely to be able to pull this off. Um, with a year to go on his contract, you would have to think that your question, the uncertainty around the coach and Alistair Clarkson has played into the decision now to think, well, okay, probably don't want to stay here for another 12 months. Don't even know what the coach is going to be. I'm going to be frustrated with the performance of the team because the list is in an absolute mess. Um, So I can wait 12 months and then definitely go or, or try and fast track that. And who knows if he's backing himself for Port Adelaide to rise up the ladder and play some winning footy. Adam has texted in, Lordo spot on. Jason Horn francis won't ever be worth more than he is now, so they should move him on. However, we need to consider what Adelaide has to offer, considering they have a better draft ham, extremely entitled of Jason Horn francis to rule out Adelaide and quite pathetic. Well, Adelaide don't have anything, really. They've committed their pick five to Isaac Rankin, so impossible for them to pull it off, and he just doesn't want to play there. It's the mm. same thing with Isaac Rankin. Isaac Rankin didn't consider Port Adelaide. It was only Adelaide. And you can't force him to play for a team that he doesn't want to uh, play for. Cash is now. He had a shocking attitude, and I don't think he's going to be a superstar anyway. Said that text. And Port with a short draft hand. Pick eight and Georgiades for pick two to West Coast. And then at least you have a better scope for trading. I don't think a player will be involved. But once again, we'll speak to um, Kautumi about that. And you can have your say. Massive news this morning. Broken last night by our very own Kautumi. Jason Horn francis has requested a trade to Port Adelaide. Um, and this one could go down to the wire. One three hundred twenty-three fifty-five forty-eight. Matthew Lloyd is in the house. Whew, yeah, there's going a lot on going on. And then sudden, and then Jacob Hopper talk early talk this morning. Kano is, you know, Richmond have picked thirty-one, but a future first rounder as well. Uh, could Soldo be involved as part mm. of that? Would break up that deal as well. Blake Akers, uh, Carlton for a future third rounder. That's Kano. a bargain. It is. That's a, what a bargain deal. So you just think, why does that happen? Is there no other ex- interest in him? Uh, you know, because you just wonder if some other club uh, would have got involved as well and said, okay, we'd love Blake Akers as well. Could we offer a future second round or something, Kane? Why this is happening so easily? Fremantle must be under such serious salary cap pressure. Yeah, well, I look at, uh, I don't know how that would be the case with Fremantle. Um, considering the players that are going to leave as well, they need to make room for Luke Jackson, but... Hawthorne got Carl Amon on a big deal. Mm. Now, the, the compensation pick was, was 27 or something. So, uh, from what I'm told, it was between six and 700 for five years. But Blake Akers is just as good a player as Carl Amon for the role that he plays. And to get him on that price, um, the contract that he's got, I think he's a, a great addition to the Blues. Anyway, we'll take mm. our first breather this morning because the man that broke this massive story, the biggest so far of the trade period, 
Kautumi from afl.com.au is going to take us through the details of it. Jason Horn francis requesting a trade to Port Adelaide after only one season at North Melbourne. It's the early trade for Ty Power. We're here to help you stay safe on the roads. Back with Kautumi after this. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Well, it's a massive morning on the early trade and it's only going to get bigger. Of course, the trade period opens at 9 o'clock today. The clubs will converge and they'll start their first meetings, albeit they would have been going on for some time. But the biggest bombshell happened late last night when our man Cal Toomey broke the story of Jason Horn Francis's intentions to be traded from North Melbourne to Port Adelaide and he's been good enough to join us. Cal, good morning to you, mate. Good morning, Kane. Good morning, Lordy. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty big one in terms of uh, getting the trade period underway, that's for sure. Yeah, we're well, sort of trying to work our way through the news, Cal. And, and the question is, is, is it one that popped up late, do you think? Was this always slated to happen perhaps this time next year, but the uncertainty of what's going on at North Melbourne perhaps brought this decision forward for Jason and his management? Yeah, I think it's one that everyone's kept an eye on, of course, throughout the year. And I, I heard you before, Kane, talk about how it was a storyline right from the very beginning. Really, he, he put off those discussions in terms of extending his contract by an extra couple of years. So that then created a, a, an atmosphere where something could be possible down the track. Now, he, he met with Alistair Clarkson after his appointment um, at North Melbourne a month or so ago, and, and, and that went well. But clearly, um, the instability and uncertainty around um, the club and, and that position, I think, has come into... Uh, him coming to this decision um, in recent days and over the past week or so, it's it's one that has popped up late. I think uh, in terms of the Port Adelaide um, interest, I think everyone, as you mentioned before, was was watching Port Adelaide, what they did after um, their shot at Josh Dunkley didn't pan out. They clearly were in for Josh Dunkley. I think they would have been willing to offer their first round pick for Josh Dunkley and and I think that, for the Bulldogs' perspective, would have been pretty um, palatable to get that deal um, done. But obviously, after that one didn't go their way, then Jack Graham interest popped up, and, and clearly they had interest there. That's that's no doubt about that. But once that over the weekend um, was revealed by Riley, Riley Beveridge on AFL.com.au that that wasn't going to happen, I think a few people started to raise their eyebrows around what Port Adelaide could be up to because the Jason Horn Francis. Uh, situation never truly, in my mind, went away. So um, mm. that one's obviously now um, garnered a lot more traction over the past 48 to 72 hours, I think, and, and clearly come to head on Sunday. Cal, seeing the, the, the statement made by North and, and Brady Rawlings, it's, it looks like they'll be they'll do the trade, don't you? They, it doesn't look like they'll put up too strong a fight, you think? I, I, I agree with you, Lloyd. I, I think it, it, it will happen. Um, but obviously, there's going to have to be enough going back the other way. Um, and if I'm North Melbourne, I, I would do it as well. I think that um, we've seen Jason Horn Francis this year in his first season when you know, there's been questions on his on-field demeanour and these type of things. Uh, I don't know how that's going to play out next year in, in a contract year when there's all this uncertainty and speculation that's no doubt going to exist if they did hold him to his final year of the deal. So... Clearly, it's over to Port Adelaide to, to come to the party to make sure they are well 
and fairly compensated and, and starting with you know number eight pick in this year's draft and, and a future first rounder, I think that's um, a pretty strong starting point. So I'm sure North Melbourne will be looking to see what they can get back as well. Um, we know, of course, the massive offers that Adelaide and, and Richmond as well made last year for the number one pick and essentially to take Jason Horn francis But um, yeah, a year in, I, I, I tend to agree with you, Lordy, having looked at the statement too, that they're going to listen to what's put on the table. How good is he? Yeah, he's really good. He could be he could be one of the best players in the AFL, and that's why um, they took him at number one. That's why they knocked back all those um, picks and, and options for them last year. I think a, a lot of the competitions recruiters would have taken Jason Will Francis with the number one pick last year in an open draft. I think a lot of them would have taken Nick Dacos, of course, as well. But they they chose to, to not match it, not to make a bid at pick one and take him outright and. Look, he's got Dustin Martin qualities. There's no doubt about that. He's never going to be a 30-plusser, I don't think, who who mm. dominates games through weight of possessions. But he's going to be an impact player for a long, long time to come. We saw bits of that as well this year. I think it was a pretty tough year for a first-year player coming into the AFL system, playing in the midfield. But, yeah, I don't think anyone's overrated how good he can be because he is going to be a super player. And, Look, it's over to Port Adelaide to get the deal done. We know that, and as we've spoken about. But if they can, a midfield of Horn Francis, um, Connor Rosie, and Zach Butters, not forgetting the Brownlow medalists as well mm. in Ollie Wines and a couple of wingmen who are pretty young and in, in Josh Sin and Miles Bergman and I think Xavier Dersma is you know, going to be a, a quality player as well. There's a lot of uh, excitement about that midfield if they can get this one across the line. Cal, you follow the kids uh, better than, and closer than anybody. Further to Kane's question... What was he like as a junior in terms of his attitude, the way he carried himself? Because I want to know, was it just North Melbourne that he dropped the lip and he, he just didn't like the environment and all those sorts of things? Or are there concerns potentially for Port Adelaide that that's Jason Horn francis and if things don't go his way, he doesn't fight on and he's not a team player uh, when, when things are going against him? Like, How do you, you view Jason as a person and as a character uh, in this new environment? Or has he got question marks around him? No, I don't think there's there's question marks, Lordy. I, I think that he's just a winner, and he's and he's so determined and so driven and so competitive that that boiled over at stages but this year. Kelly's and, professionalism and think, has also been questioned, though. So if you're saying he's a winner, Summit North will say he doesn't work as hard as he he should, or he doesn't do the little things as well as he should. Like he's no Sam Walsh, is he? Well, I would also say that Lordy, he's, he's 19, so you know I I don't think everyone can be as um, across every little detail as um, perhaps other players who step into the AFL have been and, and are. And because there was the number one pick attached to him, and that was obviously going to be the case from the moment he went number one, there's extra attention that obviously always comes with those sort of players. So I think there'd be a lot of players who um, around the competition would be making the same, um, how would you call it, mistakes or or errors stepping into an AFL system, we might just not know about it quite as much as the player who's number one who's got so much attention on him. So I don't think that's a concern for him heading across to a new club. I'm struck by how big a blow this is for North Melbourne, Cow, because you know you have your strategies. First time they've ever had the number one pick. They've clearly built from the midfield. Now, for you to say that you know, pick eight is on the table, which it has to be, and a future first, then that now derails you for not only 12 months that you put into Horn Francis, then you've got to make sure you nail this selection with pick eight and the other picks you've got, and then 12 months' time, get another player in. So do you share the view that this is just 
a massive blow for North Melbourne, considering everything else that's going on as well. Yeah, when it rains, it pours, doesn't it, Kane? And it comes on top of what's been such a uh, an unsettled season for them. They've gone through David Noble as a coach, so much off off field change and, and personnel differences, um, and now of course the Dallas Clarkson situation as well, which has um, come across them. But yeah, I think it's in terms of the strategy, an enormous hit. There's no doubt about that. I think though, players leave clubs a lot, and mm. and this happens at different points across the competition. And, and often we think that the club is going to be worse off down the track. Now, clearly, um, this is not part of their plan. It's not part of the strategy to lose a number one pick a year in. It's, it's the most recent time it happened was Tom Boyd um, in 2014 at the end of his year at the Giants. Three years later, two years later, they're in a prelim. You know, Adelaide lost Paddy Dangerfield. A year or two later, they're in a grand final. Tim Kelly left Geelong. They've gotten significantly better since then. So, look, I know these are different cases, and I know that's mm. a very different case in North Melbourne, but you can still turn things um, into as much of a win as possible. I'm not saying this is a win for North Melbourne. It, it clearly is a year on after taking this guy at number one. But um, if they draft well this year, they can take George Wardlaw potentially with the, with the first pick. And um, he's not that much different to Jason Horn Francis potentially. It could end up a better player than him down the track as well. And then yeah, you add in pick eight as well, who's still going to be in that top echelon of selections in this year's draft. And I think there is a, a tap out at sort of seven to eight in terms of this year's pool. So um, strategy-wise, clearly not part of the plan. There's no doubt about that. And um, he would have expected it to go differently this year. And so too would North Melbourne. But um, it's almost like sometimes you can you can get your ducks in a row at once, potentially. Cal, I heard Craig Cameron, I read his quotes the other day in the paper, talking about you take uh, boys in the top 10 in the draft and by their third or fourth year, they're all asking, or they, they can command $400,000 uh, and it does uh, hurt your salary cap. With Jason Horn francis what sort of deal could you expect him to get at Port Adelaide to try and get him across? Like, could you see him be upwards of around that six, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand $800,000 mark from year three, like, does he have to stay on the base salary next year as a second-year player? Yeah, yes. Yeah. He has to stay on the base salary for year two, and that'll be the case next year. But, of course, he can sign an extension that will um, permit him to earn whatever is arranged and agreed upon for however long after that. So I'd say it'd be a, a four- to five-year deal, but um, those things still to be worked out, uh, I believe. So... Um, but that that'd be the case for his initial standard contract, and and then after that, obviously you can re-sign. And, and we know Nick Dacos before he even joined the AFL as a father's son, he was able to do this. He he signed on a on a two-year initial contract, which is the standard deal, and then a two-year contract on top of that, which is you know really lucrative. The same with Will Ashcroft, who's already signed a contract, a four-year deal with with um, the Brisbane Lions, two for his first standard contract, and then two that go on beyond that. That's, at a really high level. So he can do that, Jason Horn francis and Port Adelaide can do that to time in for the long term. Just on the whole, I mean, I know there's a lot of discussion around um, the three-year um, first contract for first-round mm. players, and this has been on the table for so long. I, I know different clubs at different points, Gold Coast um, dating back almost a decade or even longer, have, have pushed this at different points. Uh, the AFLPA clearly hasn't been um, keen to do that by virtue of the fact that they, they want don't want their players locked in for longer than um, necessary. But, yeah, I don't know if this would have changed this situation either, to be honest, as you mentioned, Kane. Uh, I think that um, still requests will come and clubs would have to deal with them. But there is 
definitely something different that's happening in the market right here, right now. I mean, Luke Jackson's out of contract, mm. so a little bit different, but three years into his time at Melbourne, he's going back to WA. Uh, Tanner Bruin, after two years out of his contract, is going from Sydney to, to Geelong. Um, Ollie Henry, two years out of his contract, is, is citing some homesickness to go back to Geelong from, from Collingwood. And now Jason Horn francis a year into his deal, is homesick and also wants to go back from um, Melbourne to South Australia. So that's the new market that clubs are having to deal with. And at some clubs um, are questioning sort of that, I don't know, the, 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 the value of the draft system maybe as much as previously, given that it was such an equalisation tool, but other clubs are just going around it. And we've seen that with Geelong and, and, and Richmond through this trade period to sort of contravene the, the, the modern way of uh, drafting and recruiting. Well, you've dropped the bomb on day one. Cow, look forward. You'll be back from 11 till 12 with Trade Exchange as well. And this is going to dominate the headlines. Uh, what well I made, and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Chat to you soon. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. We've got Sam and John lining up to have their say. If you want to have yours too, more than happy to take your calls right throughout the morning. You can get involved. It's the early trade for tyre power. Here to help you stay safe on the roads. Back with your calls after this. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Time for a news update. Thanks to Beaumont's Hey Tyler's Need Stock Fast. Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up, if you don't mind. Well, aside from the Jason Horn Francis news, there's a fair bit else going on because last night also The Age reported that Richmond and GWS have agreed to a deal for Tim Taranto. Could be one of the first moves completed when the trade period opens this morning. Um, so the, the club's going to keep deals for Taranto and Hopper. It is believed both will end up at Richmond. The Giants are going to receive 12, 19, and 30 in this year's draft and the Tigers' first-round selection. The Tigers get Taranto and Jacob Hopper. Bobby Hill is expected to be granted his long-held move to Victoria. The Pies are expected to trade a future second-round pick for him. And Melbourne's Toby Bedford has requested a trade to GWS uh, Tim Land from Melbourne said he's their list manager. We're disappointed that we're losing Toby. We understand and respect his decision to pursue further opportunities. We'll now work with the GWS Giants for, to facilitate a suitable trade. Let's get to a couple of your calls because you've been patient out there. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight is the number if you want to join in the conversation. Sam's in Adelaide. Sam, good morning to you. How are you, boys? You well? Good, thanks. I've got one for I've got one for Lloydie first, and then a second one for you, Kano. But um, Lloyd, Matty, you touched on a couple of those unprofessional elements mm. there that we saw from Horn Francis earlier in the year, like you know, fighting with Goldstein on field. He obviously got the suspension for the late hit when he was um, when he was upset against the Giants, and you know, missing, getting dropped, missing ice baths, and things like this. Yeah, we we talk about. You know, it being at North Melbourne and him being homesick. If that's if that's the case, how come he just wants to go to Port Adelaide? Because from the outset, this is a kid who's who's come in and said, "I want to be the number one pick." When you're the number one pick, you know what you're going to. He spoke about loyalty. Slept in that North Melbourne jumper the first night. It all looks like a little bit of a bit of a smoke and mirrors thing, and he's and he's been pretty set to come back straight away from the get go. Do you think that professionalism is there or was just a petulance from a child? 
Well, Sam, that's why I, I sort of jumped on sort of Kane and Cal in terms of saying he just he's a winner. He's, wants to, he's so competitive because Kane's as competitive as a person as I've ever seen. I'd like to think I'm very competitive. But one thing I'd never, ever do is turn or show that element towards anybody. I just didn't. I hated it. And I hate that. I'm a, I coach young boys as well. I just don't tolerate that. I can't stand it. And I think that just because you're at North Melbourne and you want to win and doesn't doesn't mean it won't come out and it won't show at Port Adelaide. So I think there's that that's just been shown in him and that's going to be a challenge for Port Adelaide. So it doesn't just mean because he's changed clubs, that's going to disappear. This will be a real challenge for Port Adelaide. His professionalism won't just suddenly change because he's at home. His attitude won't suddenly just change because he's home. Some bits will improve because he's around his family and people he loves and Port Adelaide will be more competitive but it's also why I admire you know, Sam Walsh and Wiedering and these guys who are early picks who have been through so much difficulty at their clubs, but they've never, ever shown the petulance that Jason's shown in his first year. So, yeah, so that yeah, I, I didn't like a lot of what I saw. Came and there's year. a text coming through uh, just on Paddy Cripps. Uh, he said, it says, there's no excuse. Paddy Cripps came over to a side as bad as North Melbourne and he cracked in. Look at him now. Still hasn't played a final, but he's stacked. Uh, stuck fat. Uh, Sam Walsh is the same. Uh, Jason Horn Francis has been petulant so far. And then the uh, the, uh, the flip side is, as Cow said, he's he's nineteen, and you look at you know you look at some of the issues that Dustin Martin had off the field, perhaps with a little bit of his professionalism. Toby Green to a different extent, you know, had had issues yeah. off the field, and and then you look at the finished product that those two have become. Um, and, you know, that's what you can get to after you get through that little bit of immaturity, I think, and Port Adelaide and Ken Hinckley will back themselves in to do that. Uh, Johnny's in Adelaide. Uh, what's your view on Horn Francis's trade request, John? Yeah, g'day, boys. I've got uh, two questions for you, and they're related. The first is, uh, if this goes through, the AFL allows it to happen. What does it do to the integrity of the composition, competition, setting precedence? Uh, for guys who come in, hide around draft picks, get one year, you want to go to this club. And related to that is um, probably more for you, Kane. Mm. Uh, what are you willing for Port Adelaide to give up to get him? So North Melbourne come back. They know their list is shot. They need leadership in that team to settle down players. So they come back and say, uh, yeah, actually, we only want your, this year's first rounder, but we want Zach Butters with it. Well, it's unlikely to happen, John. They just it, it won't it won't happen. Firstly, Zach Butters is contracted, so he's got to agree to play for North Melbourne, and I don't think that will be the case. I think I think it gets done regardless without Port Adelaide losing a pick. You know, once a player says that they want to be traded to a certain club, it's very rare, and it, I mean it does happen, but it's rare for it not to not to happen. So I don't look to answer your question. I get where you're coming from, and I'd be doing exactly the same if I was North Melbourne. I'll work my way through it. Okay, I want I want Butters and your first pick. No, okay, well, I want Rosie and your first pick. No, well, I want Georgiades. That, that's what I'd be doing if I was North Melbourne. So absolutely, they're well within their rights to ask the question. I just think that is that is unlikely to happen. Your first point's spot on, though. I think it's a significant issue for the AFL. It's a terrible look when you're trying to get everyone to be even and win a premiership every 18 years. You get the first pick for the first time in the club's history and then a year later he wants out. So the AFL needs to look at this and needs to do something about it. I completely agree with that point. Kano, uh, con- I, yep. I just want to tell a little quick story about um, when my brother was list manager of Fremantle. Uh, so he was in a situation where 
Fremantle had two picks in the 2017 draft, two top five selections. So it was a clear top five for everyone. Every club thought Rayner, Andrew Brayshaw, Paddy Dow, Luke Davies, Uniac and Adam Chera were the top five. Every club thought that Fremantle had two of those top five. So you, 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 start, you interview players and Davies, mm. Uniac, he says, I, I don't want to come over and play for Fremantle. Adam Chera says, I don't want to come over and play for Fremantle. So as a list boss, you say to yourself, okay, what do I do? So he has Andrew Brayshaw says, whoever drafts me, I want to play my whole career there. I want to be a 15-year yeah. player there. So pick two, they read it, Andrew Brayshaw. So then they get to pick five, and it was whoever fell out out of Davies Uniac or Chera. So Davies Uniac goes at four, so Fremantle say, okay, he's clearly better than number six who mm. was, ended up being Jaden Stevenson. And so they take Adam Chera. So, you know, within, you know, what is it? He lasted maybe five, six years yeah. and he's gone home. Gone. So, so that's where you're really in a difficult situation. You try and say, okay, can we, you know, get those, you know, will they change their mind once they get there? Mm. Or do, do they say, okay, now we've just got to try and take the next best and not, not waste, you know, two, three, four years of, of our time and money in on those players. That's a difficulty some of these list managers yeah. face. A hundred percent. Because then you can look at the flip side and you can go, well, Matthew Pavlich was as South yeah. Australian as they come and you know, mm. had so many offers to come home and seriously thought about it on a couple of occasions, once with Port Adelaide and once with Adelaide, uh, but stayed, stayed yeah. like now, now he lives yeah. in Perth, his family's there and he, he'll never come back. Mm. So there, there's the flip side that you can convert them as well. Yeah. So just an impossible situation and a good example from Lordo's brother, Brad, there. Connor's in Brisbane. Let's sneak you in. Um, good morning to you, Connor. Good morning. How are you, mate? You oh. want to speak about Darcy Parrish? All right. Yeah, so I've watched a video on SEN about the truth, whether he's leaving or not, and rumour says he's linked to Hawthorne. Is that trade going to happen this period? Mm, Lordo's the Essendon man, Darcy Parrish to Hawthorne. Well, I haven't heard, you heard that. that. No, I haven't oh. heard that. And Connor, I'm at the Essendon Best and Fairest tonight, so I'll I'll have the uh, breaking news tomorrow if anything's going to happen. But uh, I I did raise Darcy during the week and said how small Essendon's midfield is and something they have to look at. But uh, Brad Scott, the new coach, has come out and said we're pretty much going to the draft, and he's made a statement that uh, we're we're the youngest list in the comp. There's going to be short term pain. So it was interesting if you're an Essence supporter that uh, I, I thought they could knock on the door of the top eight mm. next year, but I think he's lessening the expectations already about saying, no, no, we're, we're the youngest team in the comp and we're just going to keep going to the draft. And I, I wouldn't come to your club and be the coach if you want to fast track any of this. So I think they'll be pretty quiet in this trade period and I'll, I'll be shocked if Darcy Parrish left Essendon. Uh, good on you, Connor. Good stuff. Thanks for joining in. You can do that too. one three hundred twenty three fifty five. 48, you are listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Continental Tyres are engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. If I was on the other side of this. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. If I was for Henley Homes. Build a Henley solar-powered all-electric home and save up to 70% on your energy bills. 
Uh, if I was, it's for Henley Homes. Buy a Henley completed home and move in now. Lordo, if you got one for us, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah, if I was Geelong, I'd be so excited with what my club's done, not only in winning a premiership, but if I can add uh, Tanner Bruin, pick 12, 2020. Jack Henry, oh, sorry, yeah, Ollie Henry, pick 17, 2020. And Jack Bowes, pick 10, 2016. So three players inside the top 17 draft selections in the last four or five years. I'd be that excited after I've won a premiership, and I'd be grateful that, yeah, the management team at Geelong does things so well that you could have the, the salary cap to fit in three absolute gems uh, who, who could really just bolster your group again. So retirements will happen. Now, Tommy Hawkins may have another year left in him. Isaac Smith may only have another year. So they have a great crack at it again next year. But then you've got three guys who are potentially 10-year players for your football club. So I'd be pretty excited if I was a Geelong fan. Uh, outstanding. Couldn't agree more. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. 23 If I was Clayton Oliver, I'd be starting to get my head around the fact that I'm potentially going to be Melbourne's best ever player, which mm. is extraordinary. I was having a look at some of the best and fairest results over the weekend. Uh, he has created history winning his fourth best and fairest, so he got it done against Christian Petrarca. He's 25 mm. years of age, and considering his resume already, four best and fairest, he could win eight or nine. He's got a premiership. He's got the coaches award. He's high up in the Brownlow medal, so... Just an incredible player Clayton Oliver is. And when you're looking ahead to the draft and your team's got a pick in one, two, three, four, or five, the prospect of getting the next Clayton Oliver, if you can nail this draft, would be exciting for those clubs. But yeah, what a I don't think we should overlook uh, what we're witnessing here. And Patrick Cripps is similar, hasn't mm. had the finals record, but fourth best in the fairest over the weekend has now got a Brownlow. Um, you know, his his next facet is to have that success in September, and Lockie Neal won his third as well. So best and fairest season is in full swing, and we're just witnessing some of the great midfielders currently running around in our game at the moment. Okay, now if you were a list manager and you mm. could, you had Clayton Oliver or Patrick Cripps sitting there, who would you take? Oh, That's about as difficult a question as I've been asked. <laughs> um, probably take Cripps. Mm. Would you? Well, I would too. But uh, I do. Clayton's good, so it's, it's a tough. I would probably would as well. But uh, Clayton Oliver, what a player he's become! All right, we've got a time for a Twitter poll this morning. You can follow along at Trade Radio on Twitter as well. We might put that out there if you are a list manager, and you've got the choice, Clayton Oliver or Patrick Cripps. Who would you take? Uh, and you can get involved. That was all for Henley Homes. Buy a completed Henley home and move in now. And they are now selling in Mickleham. Did I say that right, Lordo? Mick, that's right. Yeah. Mick and Tarnit. That's perfect. Nailed it. Better, Hen- Henley.com.au. All right, should we go to the phones? Because Cow joins us. He wants to speak about a big name in this trade period. That's Brody Grundy. Cow, good morning. Hello, Kano. Good. Good, mate. Um, what do you think about this trade for Grundy out freeing up, you know, potentially, what, 100 grand a year if they're going to pay 300 grand a year of their salary, his salary? And bring in McStay. Like, do they think Cox and Cameron are rucking, you know, better than what Grundy could? Or, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I reckon this is the question, Lordo, and I've been mm. asked the most in the first week of trade period, and Collingwood fans trying to wrap their head around it. You've got a theory, Lordo, that it maybe just 
they're just not prepared to pay a ruckman that figure. Yeah, a couple of things, Cal. That uh, you know, I've, I've you know spoken to a few Collingwood people around this, and they say, yeah, one that they have a belief now across. They've got a pretty experienced coaching group. You know, Craig McRae, uh, Justin Lepich, and Brennan Bolton. That you don't pay a ruckman that much amount of money. You just don't. Doesn't matter that you don't put all that money into a ruckman. And the other thing that I've told is they don't really value clearance as much as other teams. So they're they're willing to lose clearance at times and their rebound and their, their ping off, you know, Dacos, Quainor, no, Noble, Howe, uh, Dacos, uh, Moore, all these players just hurt the opposition that way. So yeah, it's just what you value as a group and I don't think they value a Ruckman as much as maybe others. They, they obviously know that they're important, but not a million dollars of importance. Good on you, Cow. Collingwood fans, you can have your say on that. So many texts coming through of the situation regarding Jason Horn francis This one from Matt. If I'm North Melbourne, I'm digging my heels in and demanding three first-round picks or a top-three pick and another first. He's 19 years old. He's a generational talent that's still under contract. Don't accept anything less or make him play next season. I guess the risk in doing that, Matt, is that if he leaves next year, he's out of contract and you do lose some of that negotiating power that North currently have at the moment. Is it simple to say that Port had Grundy, Dunkley, Pickett and others ahead of him? Those players didn't want to come, so they went all in on Horn Francis. I, I doubt that. I think in list of priorities of those names you mentioned, Jason Horn Francis would have been number one. HB's in Tassie as a Brisbane supporter and going through the go-home factor. Uh, I do feel for North. However, a lot of this is on Jason Horn Francis. He was not invested in that club from the get-go. I get wanting to go home, but to limit that to one team in Port is disgraceful and reeks of disrespect. Does Jason Horn Francis walk into Port's best 22 next year? If so, whose spot does he take? Will he be happy to play Sample? Oh, 100% he, wa- he walks in. I'll, I'll give you a list of names whose spot he would take. He'd take Willem Drew straight away in that midfield and he'll slot straight in. You would think George is in Seton. Uh, you want to speak about a Port Adelaide player who could be part of the deal, George? Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, Kano, the courtroom crows are going crazy here in Adelaide, mate. Thinking yeah, about they're not happy. They're not happy. No, nah, they're not, I'll tell you. But, but anyway, um, we all know Moles Bergman's brother plays at North. He's, you know, Moles apparently is uh, a bit homesick himself. Goes wants to go to North Melbourne. And wants to go back to Melbourne. Why not throw him in the deal? Because for me, two, two first-round draft picks, like one this year, one next year, for me, that's selling the final at Port Adelaide. I don't think we can afford a first-round draft pick this year, first-round draft pick next year. First-round draft pick this year, Moles Bergman, maybe a future second. That's it. North Melbourne haven't invested in. I'm sick and tired of hearing North Melbourne's invested. invested. Uh, oh, you got your port. You got your yeah. port glasses on, George. I I could see I could see Miles Bergman being a part of the deal, but it would more be a, a steak knife part of that deal. He was he was a first round draft pick, number fourteen in in 2019. He's got some versatility, but. I don't think has increased his value from what he's done in his first couple of years at Port Adelaide. I think they'd be happy to put him in, but to think that you're going to get Jason Horn francis without giving up one, probably two first-round draft picks um, is probably unrealistic, mate, unfortunately for you. Okay, now a question for you, and it was a, a tweet that came up earlier. So if Tim Taranto is worth pick 12 and 19, what is Josh Dunkley worth, you think? So who, who is worth more? Out of those They're pretty two. similar, aren't yeah, they? they are. Into, I think Josh Dunkley's probably a better player. They're mm. actually quite similar in the fact that they both have limits with their kick, but both mm. can go forward and have, have shown that they can do that and, and both are similar size, similar age. So 
I would think that probably sets the benchmark, yeah. really. Yeah, the, the value of for Dunkley. Yeah, so uh, just looking at what Brisbane's got. So I think Brisbane want to get some deals done early to try and arrange, uh, get the Dunkley deal done. So currently Brisbane have picked 15 and 33. So they've got a bit of work to do, Brisbane, to uh, yeah satisfy the Western Bulldogs with that trade. Yep, huge names on the trade table, which opens at 9 o'clock this morning. Grundy, Dunkley, Luke Jackson, how does that get deal get done? Is the Isaac Rankin one nearly sorted? Rory Lobb, Griffin Logue, Tom Mitchell, is he going to move? Taranto, Hopper, Ollie Henry, Junior Ollie, and of course a big one, Jason Horn Francis. This is the early trade for tyre power. Tyre power's free safety check ensures your car is tyre safe. Get the power with tyre power. Lloydie's list uh, with the volcano in the chair looking after the list this morning. We'll do that next. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Lloydie's List for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all-new Ford Ranger. Yeah, we'll share this around over the next coming weeks just to make sure Lordo doesn't have to come up with a topic each and every day, which is a bit difficult. It's for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all-new Ford Ranger. Something a little bit left-field, Lordo, this morning, but the list this morning is the clubs that should call Josh Kennedy the West Coast variety and convince him to unretire. Okay. Mm. Top five clubs that should be calling Josh Kennedy to get him off the couch and into a Guernsey because he's too good to be retired. You look at the year that he had, and I think there's some conditions that you could offer him that would be enticing to get him out of retirement. So number five, they're not going to have much luck, but I'd make the call anyway. So North Melbourne, I think he'd be perfect to help Nick Larkey and, and mentor North Melbourne, clearly since Ben Brown left there. Don't have a lot of key forwards. I think he'd be outstanding there. Offer him two years as a player, three years as a coach, and make it pretty lucrative for him to come out of contract. What about Collingwood? The prospect of another premiership for him to chase that big Victorian club, play at the MCG for a couple of years, give him 500000 a year. Be perfect in that forward line for Collingwood. The same with Melbourne. Similar reasons. Could you have one last shot at a premiership for Josh Kennedy. They're desperate for a forward. You imagine Josh Kennedy and Grundy into that Melbourne lineup. What a side they would be. Number two, your team, the Bombers, Lordo, desperately in need of a key forward. Um, big club, new coach, Brad Scott, jump on the phone and try and get Josh Kennedy out of retirement. And number one makes the most sense. It's, it's Fremantle. He doesn't have to leave Perth, which he's pretty comfortable in. He's got a relationship with Justin Longmuir, um, after you know he was his assistant coach prior to taking on the Fremantle job, um, offer him a big deal, tell him not to come back to pre-season training until January, offer him 15 games a year, every second road trip you miss, 500 grand a year to play for a couple of years and then move on as a coach. But I just think looking at what Tom Hawkins has done and the age that he is in and the season that Josh Kennedy had, I still think there's a bit of footy left in him and there's a number of clubs that need a key forward. Kane, you're winning me over a little bit here. When you first said the topic, I thought, no. You laughed at done. me. I did, I did. And when you said North, I was laughing even harder because yep. there's no uh, reason no that uh, they should take him or he should go there. But uh, when you mentioned Collingwood, I just wonder, can Collingwood win a premiership with Majacek as their number one and then now Daniel McStay? You'd probably say no. Uh, they need more than that when it comes to business end. Melbourne, you know, the way Ben Brown and Tom McDonald and Bailey Fritch 
Uh, yes, they've won one already, but uh, they, they looked a long, long way off uh, this year. And then Fremantle Dockers, it's a constant mm. issue that they've got Fremantle with their forward line. Look at his look at his record. So this is his record of his last sort of seasons. 2015, he kicked 80. 16, he kicked 82. 2017, 69. 2018, 43. 2019-49. Then his body started to have some issues, but the shortened season still in 2020, he kicked 34. He kicked 41 in 2021. And this year, West Coast, the worst team in the history, perhaps, of the AFL, but certainly in, in West Coast history, he still kicked 37 goals in 15 games as a 34-year-old in a team that won two games. Like, he's too good to be retiring. He's on 293 games, so he can get to 300 and, most importantly, chase another premiership. So I think it is definitely worthwhile at least picking up the phone and seeing if he's feeling a bit more refreshed after having a couple of months off. But one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. That was the list, the clubs that should call Josh Kennedy and try and get him out of retirement for Rhino Rack, make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all-new Ford Ranger. Um, yeah, Fremantle are interesting, Lordo. How do you think the Luke Jackson inclusion helps them and what yeah. role that he will play? I guess we've mentioned it a little bit, perhaps Mark Blixar's mm. might be the model with, with big Sean Darcy. Yeah, I, I sort of was I was after the, watching the grand final that I thought to myself, because previous to that I was thinking, where does Jackson fit in with uh, Darcy? Because Darcy's a number one ruckman, can't really play anywhere else. Uh, Luke Jackson's proven to be a ruckman and hasn't really shown much anywhere else. So uh, it's going to be tricky. So that's where I thought to myself, can Luke get in the midfield? And you had... You know, Luke Jackson, Sean Darcy, and then Sarong and Brayshaw in the midfield. It would be very different, but you know, you've got to keep looking at how you can uh, improve the game. That's where Chris Scott is such a good coach because he does things that challenges other coaches. And I thought mm. he had a, a brilliant year in terms of coaching. Like he, he, what he did to Chris Fagan in the prelim and how he ex- they exposed Sydney. Like Sydney couldn't move the footy. Uh, Blixarves plays a role. Stanley gets. They did a number of different things. So. I think Longmuir, as you touched on, is a very good coach, and I think he can become pretty inventive with Luke Jackson as a ruck rover. Maybe yep. potentially Sean Darcy gets back behind the ball. Uh, Jackson becomes mobile, like a mobile sort of player like Blixarv. So that's how I see it because I don't see him as that forward unless he works extremely hard at his craft over the break, whether they get Pavlich and say to him, mm. can you mm. work with him, work with him all off-season to improve his forward craft because he doesn't seem to have it. Yeah, unlikely, though, you could speak to this more than I can, unlikely for you just to get that forward craft at the age of 21, 22. Like you, you played forward since you're you know, 12, yeah. 13 years of age. You learn the ins and outs of that. It would be unusual to turn someone into a forward at that age, would it? Or you just help, yeah, you just help with your craft yeah. more so than become a natural. I do find, yeah, players are unbelievable going as forwards and can turn themselves into a back. Like Paddy McCartan, yeah. for example, I'm not sure if he would have ever played back in his life. And he's mm. become, you know, had, had a great year. Uh, nearly all Jeremy Australia. Howe. Jeremy Howe. Yeah, wouldn't have ever played this. So they do it really well. But going the other way, I know Justin Lepich has flip, flipped around, but they've probably been forwards a lot of their life, those guys. Mm. Heaps of texts coming through, clearly dominated by the Jason Horn francis discussion. Uh, this could potentially be his fourth coach in his first year if something bad happens with Clarkson. So you can understand that, someone saying. Uh, this one regarding Jason Horn francis was uh, North was off Adelaide's pick four and a future first round last year. 
Might have been a second or third offered as well. Yeah, I think there was a second, but you get one back, so it was a little bit complicated. And Richmond offered something similar. Why would North ultimately waste pick one and then give up uh, a mediocre deal one year in? So pick eight and likely 11 to 18 in 2023. I don't think that's going to be enough just mm. on, on the surface. I mean, that's a, probably a starting point. Port's pick eight plus a future first round, but I think there'll need to be something else to satisfy North Melbourne because he's contracted. Uh, Pies should get Kennedy for sure. I've been saying that since he retired, but this one says Kane give it up. The bloke's body is absolutely stuffed. Horn Francis not made of the right stuff. Weak as water. Discuss. Yeah, I think that's I think that's harsh, but there's a few of those coming through as well. And great work, Kane and Lloydie, with Collingwood's proposed ins, Hill and Frampton. Does that make them better next year? Add McStay in there as well. Or are they speculative players on small money, says Paddy in Hobart? Do you think Collingwood mm. improve if they pull off everything that's been spoken about? Well, I was really pleased that the goey stays. So, But I think they are all uh, depth players. So I think what they're doing is they get Grundy out. Uh, and then obviously Henry's, Henry's a loss, a real loss, I think, because he's got a lot of talent, but he wasn't in their best 22. So not sure if there's something there with him, whether they didn't feel he was working hard enough Compared to McCreary, uh, mm. yeah, Ginner, they're all great tackling players, some of their forwards, whereas maybe Henry didn't fit into that mix. But they're going to improve their depth, I think, Collingwood. So they're not amazing players, any of them. Uh, yeah, McStay, Bobby Hill, uh, Frampton. Uh, yeah, they're not amazing, but uh, at least you get three or four in for one that can help them down the track. And I had one guy say, Kane, Matty Lloyd, you keep saying North, need to cash in now on Horn Francis, but he's... Before he's out of contract, why? He's not afraid. All I'm saying is, in a year's time, he may if he plays the way he played this year at North and acts the way he acts, mm. he, you know, at a second year of that and he's out of contract, is he worth less? So, so he, yeah. yeah and, then, that, and the risk that he can go through the draft for right, nothing. Yeah. And that would be unlikely, but you think Adelaide are going to finish down the bottom mm. as well. So that opens up room for North Melbourne to lose him for absolutely nothing. So do you cash in now, North, and get... What he's worth, you know, he's probably not going to be worth as much in a year's time is what Lordo is saying. Or do you hold him firm and make him play out the last year of his contract? We'll ask you that question. 0419-187-323. This is Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tires, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. If you want to have your say, you can do so. There's lines available. You'll call now. You'll get straight through. Jump on the phone. Join in the conversation with us next. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Welcome back to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Tom Brown just tweeting about Brody Grundy. He uh, said that Brody Grundy's management will work towards getting him to Melbourne. They are not requesting a trade per se. Talks have been mature in recent weeks and will ramp up when Melbourne and Collingwood speak again today. Uh, Jamie is on the line. Jamie, good morning to you, mate. You want to speak about the Bombers? Yeah, I do. Um, g'day, Matty, and g'day, Kane. I'm just wondering about the CEO search, Matty. I have heard your brother was linked. Um, is there any truth to that? Do you know? Well, if, he, if there is, he's never mentioned anything to me. And I, hand on heart, Jamie, he's never, ever said anything. Uh, so 
Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Someone else mentioned that to me recently. I didn't see that, uh, but uh, I think he will make a great CEO uh, one day, but I'm not sure if he's in the mix. I did know that it's going to be named this week, uh, and they were ecstatic with the four candidates that they've been speaking to. So if he's one of them, I'm not aware of it. <laughs> he's kept that quiet. Yeah, if he, yeah. if Which he's he, one of them. he is like that, you know, because yeah. uh, he's particularly with anything to do with Geelong. It's something that he, he's he's strict on his own staff about making sure things keep kept very quiet. Jamie, did you have a thought on James Harms as well? Yeah, now James Harms, I've told he was at the hangar last week. Um, and I believe he's told Simon Goodwin that he is going to uh, ask to put a trade to the Bombers. Um, what do you think of that, Matty? He's uh, 27 uh, this year, this week, I think. It's an interesting one, uh, Jamie. I don't think he's an elite midfielder, but I think he uh, plays in a, a great role for the team. I'd probably say no, to be honest. Uh, I think Now I think Jai Caldwell is a player that I think came on really well and he's a lot younger. Um, so he'd be great from a depth perspective if you're not giving up a lot, but I wouldn't be giving up too much for him. What do you Good think, Kana? Yeah, I don't mind it just yeah. because uh, he has that different element. I mean, he's a bit more bigger body and he's got... Mm better defensive capabilities than some of those other rest in the midfielders that have been a weakness for them. So I don't mind it for balance. I believe he's still got a long-term deal at Melbourne as well, perhaps three or four years to go. He recently signed a long-term deal. So I don't mind that. It wouldn't be top of your priorities, but I don't hate it. Good on you, Jamie. Thanks for your thoughts in relation to Essendon. Uh, Jimmy's on the line. Jason Horn Francis, Jimmy, wants to go to Port Adelaide, and you're happy about it. Yeah, mate. Um, uh, it was uh, you could see it early on. He just wasn't, uh, uh, you know, wasn't his head wasn't in the game uh, or didn't uh, want to be playing for North for me with all the issues. So fresh start for both uh, parties. I was just going to flag the sweet new cane that you're talking about that could get the deal done pretty quickly. Would be um, adding Mitch Georgiades to the deal. Yeah, so I think that 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 would be someone that North Melbourne should ask for. Uh, Mitch Georgiati. I just, once again, can't see Mitch wanting to go and play for North. I mean, he's a, he's a Perth boy. He's contracted to Port Adelaide. So you'd think if he was going to go home, he wouldn't want to go to North Melbourne. He'd want to go back to Perth. And perhaps that happens in 12 or so months' time. So once again, I, I get it. And I would be asking the same question if I was North because perfectly fits into that forward line with the talent that he's got and, and perhaps a first-round draft pick as well, pick eight. But I think it's unlikely that Mitch himself would want to want to be traded to North Carolina. Okay, what's Mitch worth on the open market, you think? If there was a, just a flat draft selection, what, what, how good is he, you think? Mm, well, he was a, a first-round pick that they you know, slipped in the draft because he had a really injury, serious yeah. quad injury. Um, and second in the Rising Star last year, 30 goals, disappointing year this year. I would think he's you know, somewhere between 12 and 15 would be, would be yeah. how I would value a, a young key forward mm. with with the talent that he's got. G'day, guys. In regards to Jason Horn francis it's indicative of their generation. No guts, no resilience, no loyalty, no steadfastness to build something, always after the quick fix and easy out. It's weak to me, says Hell's Bells from the Big Footy Universe. And Jason Horn francis could open the floodgates for clubs to get back some power in trades. Contracted players can be moved by clubs, says Warney. Well, this comes up every year, and I completely agree with it, Warney, that um, you know, often players can request trades when they're contracted, but clubs can't trade players who are contracted. So I just think that's a move that needs to be made. If a club wants to trade a contracted player, provided the club that they're going to is willing to pick up the contract, then that should be allowed. And I think that evens the, the balance of power 
between club and player. Well, it's sort of happening with Grundy, isn't it, this year? You'd yeah. think you'd say that uh, he, he doesn't want to go, but he's being traded out by his own club. So, yeah, maybe we're getting to that point anyway where particularly high-end players who are paid a lot of money that they've got two years in, they go, you know what? This seven-year, $7 million deal isn't working for us, so we're going to move Brody out. Um, mm. and, and I want to ask you, how do you can you see Gorn and Grundy working together? How, how do you see that playing out? Well, I, I think it's I think it's the similar model as Jackson and mm. uh, Darcy. That's because I, I if Brody it's in Brody's court to get himself super fit. I want to see him come back, and he's a professional, and he's been let down by his body. So I'm not I'm not questioning his uh, application. But if he gets super fit, he's a low twenties ruckman who can play midfield. So I just think the tactical flexibility that that gives you. Because Max Gorn is versatile. Push him mm. forward, push him behind the ball, let Brody Grundy do the, the mm. grunt work, take the juice out of the opposition ruckman, then inject Max Gorn. Uh, perhaps you could have both of them at the centre bounce. Uh, there's some different things yeah. that you could do. And, you know, to your point about Blixarves and what he's done for Geelong, I think, you know, Melbourne would be looking at the same thing. Harry's in Brighton. Uh, you want to speak about the Bombers' new coach, Harry? Good morning. Yeah, good day, guys. I'm um, fan of the show. I've just been. Um, Lordo, you mentioned before that Brad Scott's came to just go back to the draft and um, not really bring in any people um, this trade period. I was just wondering, because Josh Marnie mentioned a while ago that they've got cash to spend. What are they going to do with all that cash um, this year? It's a good question, uh, Scott. You can play, you can play under uh, the salary cap if, if there's nothing there for you at the moment. So what you can do is you can be looking at 12 months out. So I know Ben King has just signed up, but that's the type of thing you can go, okay, there's nothing ideal that we've got now, but gee, King's out in 12 months or King mm. or a player of that ilk. And you can Harry just Mackay. Harry Mackay, for example. So Jeremy Cameron, Geelong may have had their eyes on him for 12, 24 months beforehand and waiting. So it was in, it was reported in the paper that they may have $3 million uh, you know, on offer potentially for uh, in the coming years to spend. So, uh, yeah, it looks like, yeah, the quote, as I said, read this morning, Brad Scott, prepare for short-term pain. So, yeah, go to the draft. Let's have a listen to Brad Scott speaking on Friday when he was unveiled as coach. Well, I think it's the list. I mean, I, I'm, it's depending what happens in trade period, you know, there's a fair likelihood that, that Essendon will be the, the youngest team in the competition next year. Um, you know, it's, it's very the list is very inexperienced in terms of games played, and if you look at, at the 2022 season, they didn't they didn't start a single game where they had a, a games experience advantage versus their opposition, yeah. and that makes it very difficult for a team to perform consistently. But what we did see is, is glimpses of some some of the capability of, of players, albeit probably some inconsistent uh, glimpses. But ultimately, that's what I I love doing. You know, I. If Essendon had said they, you know, they just want to bring in um, you know, a whole lot of experienced players and, and you know, it's a one-year rebound, then you know, I would have said, well, that, that I respect that, but that's not what I think my skill set is. But you know, we're, we're prepared to build this for the long term, and, and we know there's going to be some short-term pain, but we've got an opportunity to, to hopefully bring in some talent, but also develop the talent that's already on this list. And unfortunately, that takes time, but. Um, I'm certainly invested in, in taking the time it requires, and so is the club. Brad Scott there speaking about his priorities with the list. Good on you, Harry. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Jono. Uh, Jono, you want to head back to Jason Horn francis What's your opinion, mate? 
Well, it's great escape for North. I think um, it didn't work out. Um, North can recoup a, you know, a first rounder this year and next year. And probably the risk goes on to Port Adelaide, mate, really. Um, you know, for him to get his professionalism right. Um, I saw one game, an opposition player said to him, mate, why are you chasing? He said, I'm the, the number one draft pick. I don't need to chase. So adjustment in Horn Francis's mindset that really needs to take place. And now the risk is on Port Adelaide to achieve that, not a North. And North can, um, you know, take two new picks and um, go from there. No guarantee that uh, North Melbourne nail the picks, though, Jono. Uh, but at least it was going to work with Point Francis anyway, mate. If we were there in 12 months' time, we might have had a late round, first rounder for him, you know, or, or less value than what we have today. So, but the, the, the risk of the, the individual that get himself right to professional standards now in Port, that's not at North. John, are you a North supporter? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, no, I just yeah. asked that question more so because I really feel for the club in that, um, yeah, they've made their own mistakes, but the Alistair Clarkson situation, like, Sort of in no man's land. Like, what do you do? Like, do you like even a Cameron Zerha have begun? You know what? I committed to this club thinking Clarkson was going to be my coach. Now I wonder if he's having some second thoughts about what he's doing. But just around you know planning, how do you prepare? You know, there'd be a whole new game plan. How does it get uh, set up now? Like, who takes over? Do you, do you? Are you starting to think? Do we need to? Think about a new coach. I know they wouldn't be at that point yet, but um, this is where you set yourself up over these next three, four, five, six months when he's got another fight on his hands. So um, it's a really tough situation. That you know, Brisbane, at least, they've got such a strong list that you could put in another coach and they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I feel for obviously Chris nah, Fagan, obviously, like, but North came. This is just critical. It's a, me- yeah, it's yeah. a mess. And. Clarkson was so famous for his influence during this yeah. time, like jumping on planes across the mm. other side of the country to meet with players and trying to convince them. That's what he would have been done during this period of time. So, yeah, I, I can't remember a, a worse situation for a club to be in than what is happening at North Melbourne right now. Good on you, Jono. Um, you reckon it's time to get rid of Jason on Francis and it's a blessing for North. Not sure I agree with that, but that's okay. You can have your say. Tim's in Mooney Ponds. You want to speak about the pies, Tim? Oh, hi, guys. Um, look, we, we know um, what happened with um, Adam Trelaw and Jaden Stevenson being traded out of the club and then Collingwood received some reasonable draft picks. And I was just looking through the players that they drafted and just wondering whether it's a bit of a pass or a fail, like Ollie Henry, Finn McRae, Reese McInnes, Caleb Poulter, Liam McMahon and Bo McCreary at pick 44. And it's really only McCreary who's playing regular senior football. So I was just wondering what you thought about that. Well, it's early, isn't it? Mm. Early, two years in, like Ollie Henry, I'd give a, a tick to. Finn yeah. McRae, not sure. You were just in, you know, Tim was just, the salary cap was a mess, to be honest, and it just had to happen. So it was brutal, absolutely brutal on those players who didn't want to leave, both want to be at Collingwood. Uh, Jaden Stevenson, uh, you know, early, hasn't hurt you at all because of, you know, He's, uh, you know, the way he's played at North Melbourne, some of the errors he's made, just not being there mentally. And Adam Trelaw's been a, a good player for, for the Western Bulldogs, but hasn't been a great player uh, for them at this point in time. So it was more a mismanagement of the salary cap. You're right, those guys haven't come in and hurt, and they weren't top-enders apart from Ollie Henry. So that's where it really hurts now that he wants to leave after a year or two at the club. Good on you, Timmy. Geelong insisted that Kelly remain in the team to fulfil his contract and see what it did for his game. Horn Francis should be made to stay if an adventurous deal for North Melbourne is not reached. 
Uh, Warney says that caller hit the nail on the head. Jason Horn Francis could lose value if he stays. The dummy spit could be real. And Ross speaks about the Bombers. He reckons the Bombers have been working on the Mackay Twins for two years. Both are exactly what they want and need. You can have your say if you'd like. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. All the news of the day coming up on the other side of this. It's the early trade for tyre power. Here to help you stay safe on the roads. Back after this. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Huge news out of the Carlton Footy Club just breaking at the moment. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. So Carlton have just announced that Harry Mackay has signed a seven-year contract so the 24-year-old has made the commitment. He signed a contract extension that will take him through until at least the end of 2030, if you don't mind. So his signature follows Charlie Kerno, who signed for six. Sam Walsh signed for four. Um, and the club are saying that they have pledged their long-term commitments to remain at the Blues for an extended period of time, while Captain Patrick Cripps penned his own six-year extension a year ago, Lordo, instant reaction. Seven years seems to be the done thing at the moment, if you're any good. So, Kano, was he uh, – sorry, was this on top of one next year as well? So, does that mean he's got one so plus the 2030, so, yeah. So, he yeah. had next year, and at the end of next year, he would have been a restricted free agent. So, he's turned his back on that and has signed – an extra seven on top of next mm, year. That's big, isn't it? Like, uh, you know, I know I never signed for more than three. Uh, so it's in, it's amazing how it's got to. Yeah, I'm like you. It makes me nervous uh, when you have to, to offer seven years, but uh, someone else would probably offer him eight, nine. Mm. I don't know. No, that's Nine's probably a bit much, but Buddy got nine. But uh, someone Josh else. Josh Kelly got nine. Josh yeah. Kelly, yeah. So uh, unfortunately, that's just what clubs have to do. But a, a really good signing. He's got to fix up his kicking. I can only imagine what he's been paid. It'd be eight, 800, 850 minimum a season, I would have thought, for, for Harry Mackay. Mm-hmm. So you'd hope that he can improve his kicking to be worth that and yeah, not be a 50, you know, 55% goal kicker. Yeah, I guess we were wondering throughout the year how Carlton would fit them all in. Um, seems like they've done a pretty good, pretty good job of doing that, considering the, the contracts they've handed out. Uh, Tom DeConing is the, is the last one on that. So we'll see... Uh, he would be their absolute priority now. So you can have your say on that. That's the news for Beaumont Tiles. Uh, and the number, if you want to get involved, Carlton fans, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Let's go to Jake, who's in Bedford. Morning to you, Jakey. Good morning, mate. How are you? Good. I'm You're on, mate. You want to speak about Jason or Francis? I sure do. Let's go. Just when I thought things just when I thought things couldn't get from bad to worse, he pulls this. What do you reckon, best-case scenario, how we can turn this negative to a positive as an all-supporter? It's a good question, Jake, uh, because... Uh, and what what you just hope, you know, like uh, you take a player, like a... You know, get in the draft. Like, so I look at North Melbourne at the moment. They've got pick one, and then their next pick after that was 55. So if you can get, like, two Victorians... And I'm talking, you know, you hear Cal Toomey talk about George Wardlaw, that he would have gone most like he would challenge Ashcroft for the number one pick, but he did three hamstrings this year and didn't get to play. So you can get George Wardlaw through the door, who is like, he's like a Jason Horn Francis. So 
there's the replacement already. So there's a positive spin, but then add another one to that and go, okay, how can we get the George Wardlaw plus Harry Sheasel, for example, who's like one of the most dynamic forwards that I've seen play the game. Like he's more, yeah, like Petrarca in a sense, but more a, uh, a dynamic goal kicker around goals who should go around the pick four, five mark. So it, can you turn this draft into getting two of the best Victorians in the top mm-hmm. five or six and Jason Horn Francis out who didn't want to be there anyway. So that's what I'd be saying, getting aggressive in that mindset of how can we turn this into a positive. I think it's really important that clubs bring their supporters along for the ride yeah. during the trade period and some do it better than others. Some you know, speak quite openly about their plans and their hopes to to pull off what they're trying to achieve and and their desires in this period. For North Melbourne, like who who would be the spokesperson? The North Melbourne mm. right now is it is Brady Rawlings the spokesperson for North? You would have to think that he is, and are North Melbourne fans frustrated that they're just absolutely in the dark? I mean, yeah. what are what are their strategies? Horn mm. Francis, you know, we saw the video of David Noble meeting Horn Francis with that documentary, "Show Me the Money," wasn't it? With yeah. the, went through this time last year, went to the house, and he presented him with the the future of of what the North Melbourne Footy Club would be, and the role that he would play and the fact that they've turned their back on the office for him. Mm. Who's the spokesperson at North? I'd just be, you know, it's a, as you said, it's a, you sympathize with the North Melbourne fans for, for what they're in and they're left in the dark. Just while you're saying that, Kane, I had me thinking, could you put somebody on a, on a 12 month contract or, I think they'll have to. Yeah, won't they? go to like, a, a Ross Lyon or I'm just thinking of Nathan we, Buckley. Nathan Buckley and go to them and say, yeah, yeah, as you said, be a front man. And say we can't we can't sit on our hands and just wait for this to unfold. We can't go in with I'm not sure is it, who are the assistant coaches at Fremantle that's at North Melbourne. Sorry, you know you got Uni and you've got uh, you know Darren Crocker who coaches the the yeah. women's and and things like that. So they do uh, Lee Adams, Patch John Adams, Blakey, John Blakey. <laughs> so you, yeah, they need to probably go to somebody and go. Can you come in? on the interim and, and sell and be a face for our football club and support and mm. yeah, trying to try. I wonder, you know, even like, is it, is it Boomer Harvey? Yeah. Like the game's record holder. He's, you know, he's, he's done some media this year mm. and what he has said has cut through and the North Melbourne fans love and respect that. But there's just no front person for the footy club and the prospect of this completely being derailed. Mm. Does, does Griffin Logue say, no, no, hang on. Oh, well, I'm not going, I'm not going to North yeah. now. I'll go somewhere else. There's a lot of interest elsewhere for him so I don't know, North Melbourne fans, I'm interested, we're sympathising with you this morning, but it's a brutal situation that you're in. one three hundred twenty three, fifty five forty eight. There's some other news around the place as well, which I'll get up in a second, but just in relation to Jaden Hunt, Lordo, committing to, to West Coast, 27 mm. years of age, leaving Melbourne. Jordan the Eagles gives them some speed and some flexibility, can play forward, played his best footy, I think, across halfback, but... Yeah, yeah, more of a more of a depth player for the Eagles. Yeah, it's a bit like that with West Coast. Like last year or the year before, it was Alex Witherden, and uh, now it's Jaden Hunt. I'm not sure. You know, Hunt Hunt's a solid player, but where West Coast are at, you know, you look at Brad Scott, and he's saying, "No, I'm not taking anybody because we, we know where our list's at, and they'd be a long way ahead of West Coast in terms of where their list is at." I would have thought the Bombers with the some of the early picks that they've had in recent times. So it, it's a great opportunity for Jaden Hunt. But I'm not sure how much he'll offer them 
over the next three years with the type of yeah, struggles they're going to have being a yeah, bottom four club. We spoke about uh, Asava Radagalia and um, you know, I was pretty keen for Port Adelaide to pursue that. Since those comments, it's been revealed that they have had a meeting between Ken Hinckley, Chris Davies and Asava Radagalia. So contracted at Geelong for 2023, played just the four games in the Cats Premiership. You would think he's going to be looking for more opportunity and the prospect for him to play across halfback for Port Adelaide and give them some height would be something they should pursue. But... They've got other balls in the air at the moment. Is Marcus there waiting for us? He wants to speak about Collingwood. Got yeah, you there, Marcus? He's just no, he dropped out, kind of. He's dropped off. So we'll get uh, we'll get to Johnny, who's on the road, and Rick very, very shortly. If you want to jump on and have your say, you can do so with the early trade, one 48 Johnny, you want to speak about Jason Horn francis mate? What's your view? Well, my view is that you finally got your way, Um it just don't make this about North Melbourne. The, the kid has been sooking since the day he walked into the joint. Secondly, I'll give you a little heads up. He pretty much paid for the North players' barley trip, 20 of them, by way of fines, because he just hasn't pulled his head in all year. And quite frankly, as a North supporter, I hope he goes. I hope he does well at Port, and I hope we do well out of the trade. But this is not nothing to do about Clarkson and that. People have been in this kid's ear from day one he walked into North, and the poor kid's just been poisoned, and he just hasn't settled at all. John, do you think it's a if you were his parent, you think it's a good environment to succeed and thrive at North Melbourne at the moment? No, I don't. But Kane, you played so half how can you say, How can you say it's not about North then? It's not about North because he's sucked up since the day he walked in. Kane, it's not only about North. Like this is about Jason as well because we've oh, seen no. other players walk into in tough environments and. Digging harder than Jason. No, there's no doubt about that. But I think the circumstances that is unfolding in North Melbourne clearly would have something to do about it. We heard from Kautumi that Jason Horn Francis had met with Alistair Clarkson. After that, there was no talk about Jason Horn Francis wanting to leave. So I think you absolutely have to factor in the situation at North Melbourne. But I'm, I agree with you, Lord. There's a lot of responsibility on Jason to turn this around as well. But to think that it doesn't have anything to do with North Melbourne, I think would be a little bit naive. Rick's in Norwood. G'day, Rick. Kane, Lloydie, how are you guys? We're good. Okay, I need your opinion on something, Kane, because I know you're close to the South Australian scene. I've asked your old man this question, and he hasn't given me a straight answer. Do you reckon the Crows should be spending $4 million for five years on a small Ford that's got two Brownlow votes? I know he's got massive upside. We lost Stengel for nothing. The blokes turned around all Australian 56 goals, nearly won the bloody Norm Smith. That's why Port Adelaide have always got it over the Crows. And I don't like Port Adelaide. I'm a Crows man. We need a midfielder. We need a strong-bodied midfielder that can get the ball and deliver it into our forward line. Our forward line's pretty good. Aren't yeah, they? I, well, I don't know. To answer your question, no, they shouldn't. But they've got to spend their money somewhere. And if they've got the money, you've got an elite talent that wants to come home I, I'm not going to be critical of the club for doing it but to think that he's going to be the highest paid player in Crows history doesn't quite sit that well with me Rick if he turns into Shea Bolton and it's money worth well spent if he turns into what he's been so far and that's an inconsistent forward then clearly it's a it's a waste of money but um, only time will tell Hey, Rick, just on that, I've seen, like, Gary Ablett Jr., you know, one of the greats of all time, so it's a tough comparison. I've seen Christian Petrarca, 
these guys that when they start out their careers, they're, they're just, they're forwards and they just don't have the tanks and the engine. What It's a great uh, you know, issue or problem to have. How can we turn Rochelle and how can we turn Rankin yeah. and give them the pre-seasons of their life? We'll work them harder. You've got the best fitness coach or one of the best uh, in the world that he's been around, you know, Liverpool and what he's done with Darren Burgess. So, uh, yeah, yeah, put the miles in the legs and at worst you've got forwards who can kick you 35 goals each and hopefully at best one of them turns into a midfielder that can be the class because you don't want um, sorry that bloke that's been fantastic from Brisbane uh, 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 in the Adelaide Lee McCarthy no I'm saying sorry for the Adelaide uh, midfield this oh, year Darren Burgess no I'm saying who's been a dominant oh Ben Keyes Ben Keyes sorry Kane. sorry Lord yeah, Keyes. Keyes has been fantastic for them but you, don't, you want some class in there around him. Rory Laird's winning best and fairest, but still, he's not an elite. Uh, he, he's elite, but in a sense, he's not Petrarca elite. So I'm hoping one of those guys can be a dominant player for you. Good on you, Rick. Thanks for your calls. We'll be back on the other side of this to wrap things up. And also, equipped for anything. We're equipped for anything on Trade Radio because we've got the biggest day ever. Day one of Trade Period gets underway at 9 o'clock. We'll take you right throughout the day. We'll be back to wrap it up after this. Equipped for anything for Coates. We're more than hire. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. Well, you think Carlton feel like they're equipped for anything. Uh, it's for Coates. We're more than hire. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. The big news of the morning out of Carlton is that Harry Mackay has signed a seven-year contract extension. So essentially Carlton have committed to him for eight years because he had one year to go through until the end of 2030, Lordo, he joins Sam Walsh until the end of 2026. Patrick Cripps is contracted until 27. Charlie Curnow signed that six-year extension, so he's contracted until the end of 2029, and Harry Mackay went one better 2030. Uh, they're all in with this list. Um, I guess now the pressure is on for them to have success in September with this group, Lordo. It is, and, and we see, like, the good clubs, the strong clubs. So we don't see, like, for example, they've won, had the last two Coleman medalists and now the Brownlow medalists. So it's now about Michael Voss and the pressure's going to be on Vossi, I would have thought, next season to, you know, win the tight ones. Coach better than he's ever coached before because you see what Craig McRae did. It was no coincidence in the end. They'd win tight ones, Carlton lose them. So they've got the talent there, but it's talent's one thing. It's now building a game plan where you can be trusted and you know what you're going to get from your team every week. So, yeah, I think uh, yeah, Carlton have to just play finals next year with the talent that they've got at the top end. Yeah, pass mark, early pass mark. Is it win a final? I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. And, uh, you know, they started out really well uh, with a big-bodied midfield, but if they're not winning clearance, you know, what have they got? Can they defend better? Uh, can they own the big moments better than they have this year, which is uh, yeah, on, on Bossy and the coaching staff. Yeah, a lot of texts coming through about uh, that deal for Harry Mackay. A few people saying that I'll lose my mind at the prospect of a seven-year deal. Is a seven-year deal going around list managers, their attempt to bypass the expected raise in the salary cap with a new TV deal. Yeah, I get, get that a lot, but player managers have those clauses in player contracts. So whatever the salary cap goes up by their contract will also increase by that percentage. So the players won't be missing out on that one. Equip for anything for Coates. We're more than higher. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. Uh, Lordo, busy, busy morning. Thanks for your work. We'll be back to do it tomorrow morning. Thanks, Kevin. Really enjoyed it.
Yep, and uh, it's going to be a massive day as the teams are only minutes away from converging. I think it's at Marvel Stadium for day one of the trade period, which opens in five minutes. We've got you covered right throughout the day. Don't want to be anywhere else. This is the early trade for Thai Power, here to help you stay safe on the roads, and we'll do it all again tomorrow.